last <laughs> night. Says, Kyle is sick. What are we going to do? Well, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> so, Dwayne had this idea, or, Velma, or Darla did, about uh, reading the daily reading. And he says, your part is Chronicles. And I wrote it down, and I went and looked at it, and I said, no. They're not going to listen to me pronounce all these names wrongly and then wonder why. So we're not going to do that part. Uh, But in the daily readings, we have Old and New Testament, a psalm or some verses out of the psalm, and then a couple verses out of Proverbs. So Levi, you want to begin? With Psalm, Psalm 8. O Lord, our God, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained praise because of your enemies to si- because of our, your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So instead of Chronicles, <laughs> I'm going to read from Second Kings chapter 6, uh, first 23 verses. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to Jordan and let us each... Let us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, Go. Then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Then he used to warn him, so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. 
sorry. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army of horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. For the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. As soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, you shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast. And when they had ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. Okay, now the New Testament reading for today's daily reading is from Acts 27. So I've got to back up and give you a little background on this. This is uh, the story of the shipwreck, of Paul's shipwreck at Malta. Well, one of the books that Shelby just got this week, she had these books shipped to the house. And as they came, I said, is it okay if I open these up and preview them? She said, sure, that's okay. So, so one of them, the, the, or the main one that I wanted to preview was the one she had on the screen here about uh, the search for the Ark of the Covenant, the lost Ark of the Covenant. And so that was, I think it was Wednesday. So finally at 1 o'clock in the morning, I put it down and went to bed. The reason I put it down at 1 o'clock in the morning because I'd got to the last page. You know, I had read the whole thing. Well, uh, so I really, I read it. It's a good book. And uh, it, it's just, it's a wonderful book. And, and of course, it's talking about the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant, so how can, how can you go wrong? But um, a couple of months ago, I had read the same author, uh, Bob Cornuke, wrote a book about his search for the shipwreck of Paul. So when we were talking about this last night, I says, oh, I want to read Acts, I want to read Acts, because it's about shipwreck. And um, that book is on the shelf in the library. I really encourage you to read it. Uh, it tells of how he went to Malta and what the process he went through. And really, he was searching for the anchors, the storm anchors that they dropped off the ship. So I'm not going to tell you how it comes out. Get the book and read it. But one of the things that he talked about in the book, is, as you read this account in Acts, the amazing detail. I mean, this is a shipwreck. It was a big event in Paul's life. But most events, as you go through the narrative of the Scripture, there's not the detail that this adventure 
uh, lays out. So I'm going to read it. Uh, we're going to start at verse 13, and I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. It said, Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the, sur- uh, on the surface, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and, on, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They thought they were going down. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete, and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. When the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. Now, a fathom is about, 100, or is about uh, six feet, so it was about 120 feet. Okay? That was at midnight. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found fifteen fathoms. They're shortening up fast. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the, from the stern. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea, and under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, "Uh, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. For not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said those things, he took bread... And giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. Now, if you do read that book about the lost shipwreck of Paul, one of the first things you'll notice is on that island, on the northeastern corner of that island, is a bay. And the name of the bay is St. Paul's Bay. 
But when Bob Cornute got there and started his exploration, he found out real quick that's not where the shipwreck happened. So I'm, I'm giving you too many hints here, too many clues, so you have to read it yourself. But St. Paul's Bay is not where this happened. Uh, so they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then, hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The sailors' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest, they, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard, to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship, and so it was that all were brought safely to land. So if you're doing the daily readings tomorrow, you get to find out what happened next. You want me to? Okay. I, I will read uh, Proverbs. Um, i got to see what it is. It's Proverbs 18, I think. 18, 23, and 24. Um, if you... Uh, if you're doing the daily readings, uh, you know, you read, you read a, a chunk of the Old Testament, a chunk of the New Testament, uh, sometimes a whole psalm, sometimes just a part of one, and then just a verse or two of Proverbs. Um, I've, and I've talked to these guys about this a lot. A few years back, I, uh, Dr. David, David Jeremiah one time pointed out, I was listening to him speak one time, and he pointed out there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So if you read a chapter a day, you'll read it 12 times through the course of the year. Oh, well, that sounds like a good idea. And so I did that one year, and by about the fifth or sixth month, I, I didn't have it memorized, but it was just real familiar as I read through it. But what I found out was it's just kind of like it's, a little, it's information overload. Chapter a day, Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's all about instruction. It tells you how to live. But for me, at least, reading a full chapter a day was a little too much. Now, the way we do it, the way we're doing it in this plan, every day it's just a verse or two. And I find that I've, my, my normal routine is to read this at lunchtime. So what I'm finding, and I hope this continues, is that if I just read a couple of these verses, and of course the, the, when you get to Proverbs, that's the last part of the daily reading. So when I go back out and I'm out stumbling around the barn or whatever I'm doing, but those last couple of verses I've read, those last couple of tidbits of wisdom that I've read out of Proverbs, it kind of sticks. It sticks with you better when you just take a little bit at a time. So I really encourage you to do it that way. So I'm going to read Proverbs 18, verses 23 and 24. The poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Don't tell me the Old Testament is not full of Jesus, because it is. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have another song. Uh, let's just do the benediction and we'll just have a closing song. Okay. Cast a blessing on me right. too while we're here. Okay. And it's good to see Emily still. Well, maybe she don't think it's good that she's still on her feet, but baby's coming. All right. Well, blessings to you guys. All right. Let's have a benediction. 
Father, thank you for this day, for the reading of your word, and I pray that it would go forth and encourage people as they have listened and followed along, and I ask that you would guide and direct us through the coming week as we go about the things that we will be doing. I also want to lift up the meal as we partake of it, and that you would bless it and bless all the hands that have worked together to prepare and to serve it to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.